Welcome to the Wrestling With Words podcast. My name is Cameron. I'm a writer, an editor, and your host. Here, we talk about all things related to writing and storytelling. The goal is to help you tell better stories while also understanding how the best stories are told. Before we get into today's topic, let's start off with a bit of housekeeping first. First off, welcome to episode one. I'm glad to have you all listening to me and watching from whatever platform you might be on. My name is Cameron and I'm a writer and editor and the creator of Wrestling With Words. If you're interested in more of my background, you can check out my website. That is wrestling-with-words.com. Or you can go down into the description and show notes to see some of my writing that is up for free. I've worked with many writers on their manuscripts, helping polish and prepare them for their own publication journey, while also having published about a dozen or so of my own stories. But to get away from me specifically, let's talk a bit about what this podcast is and what you might be expecting when tuning in. This is going to be a little bit different style than my usual YouTube videos, if you're familiar with those. I want this to be a little more of an open conversation than a super structured YouTube video or breakdown video, and even be a little more dynamic with its topics and the content that's sort of coming out. From time to time, I'll probably plan on bringing on guests, either other writers, authors, or creators in general. Also, what I intend to do is bring in questions that you, the audience, might have. This can relate to anything in the realm of writing and storytelling, and even entertainment, books, and other publishing questions or topics that you might have. You should be able to send in questions either by leaving a comment or sending in a email to me at cameron at wrestling-with-words.com. Also, if you want to, you can go to our website and go to the contact page where you can also send in questions. And from time to time, I'll probably put up polls or open questions on Twitter. So if you're following me there, you should be able to also partake in submitting your questions or topic ideas. But the Wrestling With Words podcast will largely be script-free, aside from my notes that I might have, and structured basically like a conversation. As it stands now, I plan to upload episodes weekly that is separate from my other upload schedule for the typical YouTube videos. But getting all that out of the way, Let's get into our first topic. So today's first topic is one that is, I think, a good starting point, at least for topics that relate to writing. And that is a very global and broad topic, being setting and world building. I've talked a bit about this in the past, and I've spoken about the differences between these two things in both an article that I wrote, and some of the past videos that I've done. But I think that it makes sense to sort of discuss this and dive into the differences and the strengths of both setting and world building. I think a common mistake that people make when they are developing their worlds and establishing their setting is blurring the line between setting and world building. And these are two very distinctly different things with different purposes and goals in mind. When we think of world building, that might be all of the things that we are coming up with as it relates to cultures, places, names, 
um, geological features, those sorts of things, big picture, very detail oriented. Whereas with the setting, that is more of the contextualized elements of our world building that then is applied to our story. And what I mean sort of like this is that I've used the example of building a house or building a building. World building is going to be all of the tools and materials and everything at our disposal that might go into building this building. But the setting is what is going to be the blueprint and the eventual building itself. It's going to be what the homeowner or the person who's going to this store or this building, what they're going to experience and see. And these two things are very different. If we were to use every tool and every material at our disposal, it would be overbearing and kind of cumbersome in a way. So setting is where we really get to show some restraint when it comes to our world building and applying our world building. Another sort of example or theory that gets applied a lot of times in relation to world building and setting is the iceberg theory or the iceberg method. And what this means is that you have the tip of your iceberg exposed to everyone around you or exposed to your reader or your audience. And the rest of the iceberg is below the surface, isn't seen, isn't experienced. That largely is going to be your world building, which is below the surface, and then the setting that gets exposed at the very tip. We want to make sure that we are giving the illusion that this iceberg is much bigger than it is, especially on the page. If we inverse it and we have this iceberg that is massive on the surface, our reader or, or the audience won't necessarily know what to focus on or what's important. That's where that tip of that iceberg becomes important because it tells the reader what is important. And in a similar way, we want to make that setting specific to the other elements of our story, integrating it and having it mesh really, really well and seamlessly with the characters, the plot, and the point of view and the themes. And I talk a lot about these five elements, the characters, the plot, the setting, the point of view, and the themes in my series on the five elements of fiction. And what's important is that each of these five elements, with setting specifically, being able to plug and play off of each other. And with setting, is that it really should reflect the elements of your theme, but also it should, be, it should be important to your characters. And what I mean by this is that we want to have the parts of our setting and our world building that come up, we want those to be, they, we want those to make sense in the context of our characters. If we have characters who are, you know, one is a soldier and we're from their point of view, but they're telling us all this backstory on patterns and fabrics and where certain materials are sourced from. That may not make sense. It may be interesting to you and it might even be interesting to some of the readers, but does it make sense for the character? Or in some regard, the, a character that might be a historian, it would make sense that they know certain things and 
relay certain bits of information about your world to other characters, but also to the reader. And this is where it becomes important to consider who our characters are and what point of view we are telling the story from. This will inform us how and what information we want to bring out of our toolbox or from our world building. And while we're considering this, we need to understand that not all of the world building elements need to be brought and be given center stage. Um, there's a, I forget who it was that said it, but it, it's an important thing to keep in mind that we should really only focus on two or three world building elements to go into great detail. Um, and this can vary depending on how big your cast is. Usually, if you have a bigger cast, you're, you're given the freedom to go into a little more detail on more elements of the world because you're given more perspectives of the world. But the reason why it's important that we only go into a handful of elements of that world is because we want to establish the trust of the reader. And let's say that the, the, the few things of the world that we want to explore are maybe food and philosophy. If we go into really good detail about the philosophies or, or, or philosophical ideas that might be present in this world, as well as cuisines, they can be as related to each other or not, but going into a lot of detail and fully exploring these elements of your world will, give the, will earn the trust of the reader that the other elements of your world are fleshed out as well. And what I mean by this is that having a good understanding of a couple of elements gives the illusion that the iceberg is much bigger below the surface. This means that you don't have to rely on exposition explaining the political structures or the different factions in, ex in extenuating detail, which gives you more room to explore other things rather than filling the page with exposition, trying to build your world out and create a, a big world. But in doing that, as we write more and provide more exposition about the world, it makes the world actually feel much smaller or more hollow. But going into ex extreme detail or exploring in more detail a few elements of your world will then make the rest of the world around it feel deeper and feel richer. This is something that I learned through kind of trial and error. I learned through making mistakes of trying to do these massive worlds or going into you know, extensive detail. Because again, the worlds that I was reading about and some of the, you know, the fantasy or the science fiction books and series that I, was, that I was enjoying felt like they had these massive worlds. But if you look at the page, the reality of it is that only a few elements are really explored in great detail. And that's very telling then. That means that we don't have to endlessly world build in order to make our world feel believable. There's another thing that is commonly referred to or brought up to those that are the ones who are endlessly working in their world building document and never writing a single word. And that's world builders disease. And this is when you are stuck in a cycle of 
building your world, building your languages, building your factions or, or whatever it is that is present in your world, endlessly doing that and never getting to the story robs any reader or, or the audience of ever experiencing that world. Because what makes world building interesting and what makes a setting rich is about the characters within it. And it's the perspective of the characters who live in this world that make the world feel real. This took some time to understand and develop when it comes to my own writing. It's something that is kind of hard to do because, again, we want to showcase this world, but we need to showcase it through a manner that makes sense and has context. And it's kind of a final point. It's also important when we are showcasing our world through our setting that we mask some of the exposition and we understand or we should under have an idea of is our point of view character experiencing this world with us or are they showing the audience this world and this will change sort of the structure of which information is relayed it wouldn't make sense to have a high-ranking general in whatever military faction or group is that is your point of view character and have someone beneath them or even a peer do the as you know bob you know as you know x formation is better than x formation those things are common knowledge in the world and understanding also what will probably be common knowledge is is okay to sort of withhold information or withhold some of those world-building elements. Because at the end of the day, it isn't necessarily about what you've learned or sharing sort of the, the research that you've done. It's about immersing the reader or the audience in this world. And we want to avoid anything that might pull them out of that. And using the, as you know, phrasing, often is very jarring and pulls a reader right out. Or what they do is they think, this is just going to be an info dump. I'm going to skip ahead. We can hide some of these world-building elements and have them come up in different ways. And this will be something that just takes practice. We will write a lot of exposition, and then we will send it to a beta reader, or we'll read it back ourselves. and we will see that all that we're doing is we're just info dumping. So we cut, we trim, or we move some of those important elements and put them somewhere else and hide them in the rest of our story if they're important. And something that I always like to suggest, especially to clients of mine or other writers, is that when it comes to that first draft, what we do is we really show restraint on world building and we show restraint on info dumps and exposition. It's important to give a little bit of that taste of the world and give a little bit of that mystery and ambiguity that will keep the reader hooked and wanting to understand more about this place that you are. Then after we do that first draft, you can go back during the revisions. And if you think that things aren't explained or if a beta reader says that something isn't, this, this world doesn't make sense, something's missing here, I want to know more about this, then we can start to go back in and flesh that out. And we can get a feel and adjust and, and toggle that with our pacing. But I think that that's kind of a good place to stop with the topic of world building and the difference between it and the setting. 
But let me know if this was helpful and let me know what you might be wrestling with. Is there something else that you are struggling with with your own writing? Or is there something that you've discovered yourself and want to share? As always, thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.